Welcome to Keeg's Cast, the podcast with discussions of practical theology that seek to offer God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. I'm your host, Keegan Richardson, and my guest today is one of my best pals whom I've known since the fifth grade, Mr. Ben Bowles. Ben, how's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. What are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about the third commandment. The third commandment. So what's the third commandment about, Ben? Uh, about curse words. Curse words, cursing the name of God specifically. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read the commandment straight from God's word, and then we can talk about that and see what the implications of it are. Um the third commandment is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. First thoughts, Ben? Uh, my first thoughts are kind of the direct, like, GD or just saying, God, I hurt my foot or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, something like that. And one of the main things we can get confused on is just how we say it in our everyday lives because I think we overlook that. Yeah, we definitely overlook it. And the thing about cursing and specifically cursing the name of God is once it becomes a habit, it's Mm -hmm. extremely, extremely hard to get out of it. Um, And I think there's a lot of prohibitions from this commandment. Um, And during my research of this commandment, I noticed that a lot of people... Um, we're saying this commandment can imply and say that it's also talking about making a vow or an oath to God um, with the intention to not fulfill it, just to say it like it's nothing. And a vow to God is the highest thing that we can vow, you know, um, like I swear to God or whatever. And th- that in itself is just a cursing. Um, but did you did you really think of it in the way of like vow making and oath taking and or did you not really see that either? Because I, when I when I looked at it, I didn't really see that at first. Um, I really didn't see it at first either. But now thinking about ways that I have used God's name in vain, I like swear to God mm-hmm. is a big one. Right. Because I, I really don't mean it, but it's so cursing. Mm-hmm. And it's really cursing ourselves, mm-hmm. if you think about it. It's cursing God, but it's... Just a mirror back on ourselves. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it really shows, like, you know, where our truest thoughts are coming from and stuff like that. Um, But the second prohibition that I'm thinking of is, uh, like, we already kind of talked about, but getting more explicit, is using God's name with their reverence or with disrespect. This could be in prayer when we come to God's presence through prayer without without respect. Um, And I think... When I thought of it, like when we think of use it, or cursing God's name or using God's name as a curse word, it's like in a sense that's aggressive or not in prayer. But I think we like I think we do it a lot in prayer and we don't even realize it. Uh, just like not use not realizing who we're talking to. It's a super passive sin whenever you think about it because most of these sins on the commandments could be aggressive, like literally murder or just stuff like that, you always think a direct connotation to this has direct results, but Mm -hmm. this commandment really doesn't. Right. And the commandments in themselves, all of them have implications that can lead to more commands. Just 
more detail in how we're to obey it. Um, how do you th- how do you think Christians can really take notice of how they address God's name in prayer? Like just really understand who we're talking to and how we can break the habit of praying without respect. I think most people would need to understand it first because right. for us, especially for you, you have a podcast, you're going in depth on each thing. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to know for sure. Right. But someone who's not surface level Christian, I'm not going to put it like that, yeah, no. but kind of a newer or yeah, probably just a newer Christian would need yeah. to know that, hey, this is wrong, especially if it was part of their lifestyle choices. Right. And I think this is why the commandments is such a good topic that we, that Christians need to talk about more is these implications are there for a reason. It's not like they're just unintentional implications that we're drawing out. They're there because God has put them there. Um, and I think that's a good point is that I think a good starting place is the 10 commandments just to look at them and see, okay, this is, you know, we use God's name in prayer, you know, our father or however you start your prayer talking to God, the father. But that's a really big thing that I think Christians either new or old kind of forget about and kind of just get into the habit of, you know, just starting it and not really respecting it with reverence and awe, like we talk about. Um, and then the third prohibition I'm thinking of is just the one we all know of and have fallen guilty of is just cursing. Rated and, R. Right. Rated R curse words. Um, I, I was thinking about this recently, but I think it's kind of ironic that Christian or non-Christian, everyone curses the name of God. Like in movies, television, people on the street, just whoever it is, everyone across all humanity uses that as a curse word but so many people deny the existence deny the authority deny the power of god but you know in ecclesiastes where it says god has placed eternity in the hearts of every man i think that this commandment just shows that every person has god on their mind either in a negative way in a wrong way or a right way in positive way do you think do you think that's off base or do you think we're kind of No, I I've actually thought about about that before because I see this completely like random. It's the name of God is diverse throughout mm-hmm. everybody. Right. And for some reason it's something that people keep on saying. Mm-hmm. And I know it's bad and it's cursing God and but I don't think it's I don't think it's just a chance they say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. It's like, it's negatively bad, but it can be turned around to be good in an argumentative yeah, way. In, yeah, in a way that's um, convicting. Yeah. That just shows that at the core of their being, mm-hmm. God is on their mind, even if it isn't a breaking of the commandment. But, but I mean, we've all fallen guilty of that, but... I just think that's really interesting that everyone across all cultures and societies uses this name as a curse word. Um, And even specifically the name of Jesus, you know, you can deny everything about Jesus if you want, but like you still use it as a curse word. 
I, I just think that's interesting and weird and just kind of bears witness to even more truths of God's word. Um, but I want to talk about the, like the, the biggest practical breaking of the commandment of that Christians break this commandment when we bear the name of Christianity and we bear the name of Christ, but live in a way that totally bears witness against that instead of advocating for the name we profess. You get what I'm saying? But what do you think with that? That's pretty widespread what you just said. Yeah. A lot of people have time periods at least where they go through that. Yeah. You know, I don't think everybody's like Paul. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, That's just tricky because us as outside people, we can't look at someone and say, hey, you're doing this to them without taking direct offense Mm -hmm. and turning them away. Yeah. Or just creating a hard heart. Yeah, it's definitely um, there's a right and wrong, wrong way to address Christian brothers and sisters caught up in like a backsliding or whatever it may be. Um, but I mean, like you said, we've all been there and we will all be there again. And, you know, any Christian, even if it doesn't appear that they are, they're like, yeah, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z because, you know, sin is a struggle. It's not easy to resist. Um, especially the commandments. Um, but I think this is the biggest practical implication of this commandment is that, um, like in Titus 1, 6, 1, 16, um, it talks about they profess him, but they deny him with their works. And it's, you know, we're denying him with something we're not even saying. And that's a huge thing that we don't even realize. It's kind of like the prayer thing to me that like, it's something that we just do that we're not even picking up on that. It's, you know, a violation of the 10 commandments. But how do you, how do you think we avoid that more than we do now? Just as a, as a Christian people? Well, I think we have the greatest communication of all time. I think that's factual. So I think you're doing a good job with this, a podcast. You're doing what you can. Mm -hmm. But I think someone with like a bigger stage of like a pastor, for example, needs to lay out what a Christian believes in Mm -hmm. and how a Christian man and a Christian woman are supposed to act and talk because I feel like that's left up to speculation by a lot of Christians. Right. And it shouldn't be because they should go educate themselves and yeah. look into it. Right. But we don't live in a cookie cutter world. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the people with a bigger platform should be the ones to get the word out. Yeah, I, I, I agree in that, that. The pastor, the pastor, God's word is the primary means of telling his people how to live, how to live, how he, who he is, what his nature is like. And then the pastor is the person that exposits that to the people of the church across the world. Um, I think that's a really good point is that, um, 
God's word will take care of his people at the end of the day. Um, whether now or later, or I think we oftentimes put too much pressure on ourselves of, first of all, not taking care of our own problems and things that we struggle with. And we're constantly um, just trying to fix everybody else. But, I mean, that's just so much weight. You know, if you're trying to take care of yourself, follow God's commands on your own, and make sure everybody else is following God's commands, it's too much weight for one person. Um, but I, I think that's a good point, is that the pastor should be should be the person, the main person, the biggest person, the person with the most influence. But the Christian community as well, you know, like with a podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. can also bear witness to God's word you know, like we're doing right now. Um, so Ben, are there any scriptures that you're thinking of that kind of draw back to this? Just not, not in the way that what we all imagine ourselves doing, Mm -hmm. everybody, um, cursing Jesus on the way up to the cross or even outside of that. Yeah. I think that Everybody kind of turns a blind eye to that could be us. Well, that was us. It was us, right. Yeah. Right. That wasn't them mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. It was actually all of us. Right. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I like I that. I think anybody who can think about cursing God can. It's scary, but you can think about it in that way. Yeah. Because, and because of how serious it was back then, and it's still serious today. Right. Well, and how sin is just it's passed on to humanity from generation to generation so that sin is you know our sin you know that was us just not in that time frame we would have been the exact same way um but yeah there's a quote that i wrote down that kind of goes exactly what with that um from augustine um and the quote says they do no less sin who blaspheme christ now in heaven than the Jews did who crucified him on earth. And, you know, that's exactly what we were just talking about. I mean, he says the Jews, but it was all of us holistically. Um, Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, I want to talk about Leviticus 24. Um, Leviticus 24, there's a case of blasphemy is how it puts it. Um, But it's just kind of crazy because we... I. I think this would be good to go back and just understand what reverence and what awe the name of God carries. Um, So I'm going to read that, and then we can just kind of talk about it. So it's Leviticus 24, and it starts in verse number 10. And it says, Now the son of an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father was among the Israelites. A fight broke out in the camp between the Israelites' woman's son and an Israelite man. Her son cursed and blasphemed the name, and the name is capitalized, referring to God. And they brought him to Moses. Um, They put him in custody until the Lord's decision could be made clear to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Bring the one who has cursed to the outside of the camp, and have all who heard him lay their hands on his head. Then have the whole community stone him. And tell the Israelites, If anyone curses his God, he will bear the consequences of his sin. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. The whole community is to stone him. If he blasphemes the name, he is to be put to death, whether the resident alien or the native. And then it goes on to a few more commandments. But um, 
that's 10 to 16. So, Ben, what are your what are your first thoughts with that? Well, the name is capitalized twice right. in my version, and it doesn't even say his name, and mm-hmm. it capitalizes it, and someone's getting stoned for uh, cursing his name. Right. So, though that right there just says the importance of it all. Mm-hmm. It's just his his name is being is with carries so much holiness, so much righteousness and he's just so different from we are that they won't even use his name. But I think this is the kind of stuff that we as a Christian culture now avoid talking about because it's just crazy um in our society to think that someone would literally be stoned by the community for saying God's name in vain. But I think this just shows how serious these commandments are. Um, but I don't I don't want to talk about these commandments in a way that we have to fear, fear God in a way that he has not asked us to fear him, if that makes sense. Or to be under such a weight that we turn away from these commands because we know we can't keep them. Um, I think that's the beauty. One of the beauties of the gospel is that Christ has fulfilled the law, filled the commandments so that we can experience his grace and his blood and his atonement for us in that way, because we could, we couldn't keep the law, but man, this is a, this is just a tough passage. It's just, it's really simple and it's really not hard to explain, but I think it's tough in the way that it's so uncommon in today's culture to hear anything this explicit or drastic. Um, would you agree? I agree. And the layout of Levit- Leviticus 24, after that passage we just read, it starts to talk about murder. Mm-hmm. And God wanted us to read that before we got to murder. Mm. So... Yeah, I think our God is about respect and more than we know because he's a jealous God right. and he just doesn't want to put up with us because we haven't experienced what he's experienced. But at the same time, and what I wanted to talk about too, was the weight of living can be a lot, mm-hmm. especially as a Christian. Definitely. And... I feel like it's easy to get caught up in patterns of sin, especially especially to see no end in it. Right. But at the same time, it is our development, but we can't blame it on it. Yeah. And just it's a giant spaghetti bowl of like twists and turns mm-hmm. that we have to go through. Right. And it's just life. Yeah. No, the weight. Life is hard. It just is. Um, I think all of humanity can agree on that. But the thing is, is life is hard for the Christian because we are trying to follow a perfect God's commands as best as we can. Um, But the Christian enjoys those commands. He enjoys living 
in a righteous way. He enjoys pleasing God and living in his commandments. And I think the another beauty of the gospel is that we do not have to keep those man, commands to um, be with Jesus or to be in God's presence. That's what Christ did. Christ obeyed those commands perfectly so that he could mediate for us and we could be in God's presence by his righteousness alone. Um, but I think you're right is the weight of commands is heavy at times um, in a way of because we see our failure so much. We see how bad we are at living the Christian life. And that's, that's a really good point in just discussing that. The Christian life is difficult because we're constantly battling sin. It's not just, you know, living however our flesh seems fit. Um, and I think it even makes it more frustrating and more difficult when we see other Christians and other Christian brothers and sisters not living those commands when other Christians are. Like, we see the Christian world as if some people are held to a higher obedience than others are. Um, do you see that? Do you think that's kind of like a hidden dynamic that we don't really talk about? I definitely think... I never really get jealous of it mm -hmm. because I'm all about patterns in my life. Mm -hmm. And if they're in a bad state or just a bad mindset, I personally don't want to be there because it's dangerous. Yeah. And it's not how I want to live. Right. It's not. It's really how I would want to live as a human, but mm -hmm. I don't want my legacy or God to see me like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, I get what you're saying. It's just difficult to look at other people and be jealous for me in that way. Right. And I think, I think if we're experiencing a, a feeling of jealousy, when we see that, I think that's what we need to look at a heart check for ourselves at that point. Because like I said, you know, Psalm 119, David is talking about delighting in God's law, enjoying God's law. Um, but what I kind of, I think a good kind of picture of what I was trying to get at is that I think oftentimes in the Christian society, we different, it seems that like we think different Christians are called to different levels of obedience, like the pastor, like we hop, we hold the pastor on this pedestal and we just in the pedestal of obedience, we think this guy can literally not mess up because he's the pastor. But the thing is, at the end of the day, the pastor has been called to the same level of obedience we are. And we have been called to the same level of obedience to the pastor. And that's the thing about God's law is that it's the great equalizer that all people have fallen, all people have broken it, and all people need God's grace to forgive them for it and need the righteousness of Jesus to stand before him. But I think, I think that's a really good point of just kind of seeing the patterns of our own lives and stuff like that. Um, so how do you think, do you think we should just, how do I phrase this question? Let me think. So do you think we should 
man, I'm struggling with this one. Do you have any thoughts? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll think of it in a different way. What are your, what are you thinking right now about this? I'm just, I'm just really thinking about the people who go, go off into the real world or go off into even a Christian school or even a Christian environment like church or something. Mm -hmm. And they're just feeling all these feelings of not being in a pattern. I don't know what that word would be, but they're not in the pattern of a, like a, a righteous life. Like an obedient life. Yeah. You're saying. Yeah. And I've been there. We've all been there and I know we're young, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we haven't experienced it. Yeah. And I, for me, one of the scary parts talking about this is I have felt it and I am this young. Right. So how like 60 years down the line, if I make it that long, right. I'm probably going to be in this situation a lot. Mm -hmm. And we are called to the same standard as pastors. Right. And that I have never, I, I knew that, but I've never really thought about it right. that way. And I think if we asked anyone that, they would be like, of course, like he's not any higher righteous but, than I am. But like in our head, there's like a hidden dynamic of yeah. the pastor has to obey better than I do. But actually we've been called to both obey. Especially in our society, mm -hmm. especially in my church, it's huge. Like, it feels like my pastor is like a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And then you have another end of that because your pastor is your grandpa. Right, yeah. So you get to see, a, like, a side no one really gets to see. Right. And hearing stuff about my pastors, that isn't necessarily good. It's not like... Yeah. anything serious mm -hmm. i'm just like ah no mm -hmm. he didn't do it right and and i think like when you hear you know like big name pastors or whoever it may be or just pastors in general falling into like a hidden sin that no one knew about and it gets exposed where we we crucify those people as christians and then we go back to doing well, you're right, on right. the same level right. stuff what he's doing. Right. And I think this, that, what we just described is a cursing of the name of God and how we live. Not in, not in our voice, but in how our lives are showing it. You know, we crucify those people that get exposed in the light because they're on such a pedestal. If, in, you know, if that stuff comes out, they're going to get exposed way more than you and I get exposed, even though our sins are just as great as they are. It's There's like the passage we just read. We're stoning the pastor, and the pastor is the mother's son mm -hmm. in this case. We're all wondering, why is the son getting stoned for cursing God just once? Right. And then we turn around to do it to our pastor or someone of higher yeah. status, you know? Right. So I feel like this passage could possibly mean that in a way towards a pastor and I've never towards any Christian yeah really. towards really any Christian yeah. and just someone who puts themselves on a higher standard because they're in that stage of their walk right and anything they do wrong we just jump mm, on them definitely and I think I think oftentimes we look at other people's sin as um as like a scar 
instead of like something that's so evident and um not aesthetically like pleasing to the eye i'm trying to describe this in a way that actually makes sense but i think we look at people's sin in a way that other people sin not our own sin but other people's sin in a way that is gross and just not how we've been called to look at it sin is evil sin is ugly sin is gross but i think we would be better to look at other people's sin as their sickness the christian can't escape this body while he's still alive i mean he's in the flesh you know paul talks about it in romans 7 but we don't we see it we don't see it as a sickness how it really is that like he that's in his being right now and he's being sanctified we're all being sanctified as christians and one day we will be completely rid of that sin but i think oftentimes instead of just crucifying those people we okay take a step back and look and say okay this is this is bad you know his sin is wrong whatever the sin may be um he's been caught there's going to be consequences obviously when whoever that is is on that big of a pedestal and you know we i think we need to look for repentance in that person and see if they are truly sorrowful in a way that is godly um and then forgive in the way that we have been forgiven um and at the end of the day i'm talking about this like i've got the formula for it but it's tough and it's tough when we are struggling with sin and then we see big name christians quotations are out that fall like that and we're like what are you doing you know instead of taking a step back and look okay well he needs prayer and he needs his christian community to surround him with a righteous godly loving forgiving family at the same time not excusing his sin but putting that under god's blood under the blood of christ um Man, I like this conversation. I think this is a good kind of implication of everything that we've been talking about. Um, but do you have any? Do you have any final thoughts? I wasn't expecting this talk to go any better than the last one, <laughs> so I'm really happy about it. But if there's anybody really confused on where they're at, first off, just go to church. Mm-hmm. Just surround yourself in the church environment mm-hmm. and. Look at the people inside of the church and you don't necessarily have to be social, but just talk to someone right? or don't talk to someone and listen to the pastor mm-hmm. or listen to a podcast. Right. So just be, be in the Christian community, in the church, in your local church. Um, and be in the word. Definitely. Too. Always in the word. Um, kill sin by the spirit. Um, so anything else, Ben? That's it. All right. Well, my final thoughts are, I think we feel like we're alone sometimes in the Christian community, like we're the only ones who struggle with sin. Um, but if you have that feeling as a Christian and you're listening, um, you're definitely not alone. I feel it. Ben feels it. Every other Christian feels it. Um, but don't lose heart. Don't give up. Be in the word, be in prayer, be in your local church, um, and talk to people. Talk to people about the things you're struggling with. And I think the best thing we can do with 
sin and commandment breaking is just bring life to it, you know, just expose it, talk about it, get it out in the open, and then see what God's word has asked us to do. Um, But the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. I'm your host, Keegan Richardson with Ben Bowles, and this has been Keeg's Cast.